0: Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are talking about the Psalms that are included in our Essential Jesus Reading Plan. You might have questions about what do the Psalms have to do with Jesus? And if you're familiar with any of the Psalms, you might notice that some of them are instantly familiar. We talk about that a little bit today. We also talk about how they connect to other parts of not just Jesus, but our emotions and Jesus and his emotions. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. Chris Winterman. Doug DeGraff and Reed. So join us as we go deeper. Welcome back to the Going Deeper podcast, episode four, season four, episode four. Again, I'm going to remind you, we've got the little punch card thing that you can either, if you're not connected to Trinity at all, you can find them at scriptureunion.org. Or if you come to the office at Trinity, you can pick one up for yourself. As Becky and I discussed last week, it is quite satisfying and a sense of accomplishment when you get punch, to punch, punch it. that card. You feel like you've accomplished something that day. So uh, get your punch card or just use the Essential Jesus Bible Reading Plan in the Bible app on your smart device if you have one uh, which is that's what i've been doing and it's nice at the end of a reading to get that little complete thing that pops up well they give you
1: they give you badges and awards on those things now yes
0: badges so if you needed any other (laughs) incentive to actually read scripture Badges. now they're giving you badges we don't need no badges <laughs> need no stinking badges <laughs> but but with that uh, with that stuff out of the way yes we are talking about the Psalms today and specifically we have five good psalms that do in fact point us towards our need for a savior uh, the, the coming of a savior and you're even going to if you haven't already read the passages, you're going to recognize some statements that are very familiar that we hear Jesus say. So, uh, but, but I know Chris, you've got some things like just kind of this general framework of the Psalms and why they're even important for us in, in our post resurrection reality that we have. When, when
1: you read the Bible, you're reading different types of books. Some are history some are poetry, some are teaching, etc. cetera. So the, the Psalms really kind of stand unique in that they're one of the books that are primarily humans expressing their emotions right, right. to God, about God, rather than God speaking as much directly to us. I mean, God does speak through the Psalms, but it's not quite so direct as it is the words and teachings of Jesus or it is the prophets coming and saying, yeah. thus saith the Lord. So so you have this expression of human emotion and you have different types of Psalms. So depending on who you're reading and and the different classifications, but I, I'm there's basically five different kinds of Psalms. You got Psalms that are praise, psalms that are psalms of wisdom, psalms that are royal psalms, psalms of thanksgiving and psalms of lament. Mm -hmm. So not just within the different type of literature that psalms are, you have different ones that are seeking to accomplish different things and our different psalms about Christ actually fall into the different categories a little bit.
2: Mm -hmm. Are you looking at me?
0: Well, I was looking at you. I'm just sitting here in silence. (laughs) <laughs> well, and I guess I mean I don't have many real questions specifically about these psalms, you know, about Jesus, you know, and how they play into our, our need for a savior. But, but I guess I think it's important for us to to be able to see the thread. And the Psalms, kind of, they are a piece of that tapestry. I know we've used that word uh, in the past. They are an important piece of that tapestry that that help us to express our emotions because sometimes we don't really know what to say to God, Mm -hmm. and you know, I, I know I've heard it said that you know, from some points of view, emotions are you know, not to be trusted and emotions aren't necessarily a good thing, except that you see just about every single kind of emotion expressed in the Psalms at some point. Mm -hmm. And and,
1: and expressions of emotions are, uh, well, feeling an emotion is, is, is neutral Mm -hmm. It's how you respond to it, so you can respond in healthy or unhealthy ways. Mm. And and the psalmists they they respond with their emotion, even the psalms of lament and and the psalms where they're feeling angry, mm-hmm. they're still coming back to and yet God is faithful, God is good. Right. So it, it's almost like a a processing, a working through, mm-hmm. which which gives me a little segue, interestingly, into the first psalm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, of these Psalms about uh, foreshadowing Christ and that Psalm two. And I want to read just a snippet of it because it's, it starts off the, the, the first Psalm we get about him has very interesting theology to me. Okay. So I'm going to read starting in verse one. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The Kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. Now listen to this part. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. Mm -hmm. It feels to me Early on in the Psalms, we're getting this idea of the inevitability of the reign of God. And, And it almost feels like God is in control and Messiah is coming. And to be frank, it feels like you can either get with that program or be wrong, Okay. Like it, uh-huh. it it feels like you, you you know that joke um the one that we love there are those who like Star Wars and then there are those who are just wrong, right? Just uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this kind of feels <laughs> like that. Like there is no other option. You know, we we can shake our fist all day at heaven and 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 we can cry foul at various things, but at the end of the day God is sovereign. Mhm. Now, the good news is that Messiah who comes is good and and Mm -hmm. is for us and not against us. But again, there's just this idea that you can try all day long to explain God away. You can try all day to pretend that you're not going to be part of that, that mm-hmm. that that's all just a fantasy or, or whatever else you'd like to come up with. Mm-hmm. But again, there's an inevitability to it. And that's an interesting way for all this to kick off to me.
0: Yeah. Doug, what do you think about Psalm 2? It's
2: inevitable.
0: So you're you're pretty much in solid agreement there. The-
2: well, it's... Um, yeah, you're ultimately not going to argue with the sovereignty of God. Yeah. He is, mm-hmm. and um,
1: That's what God told Moses, right? I mean, I just well, it,
2: I it's it's pretty much all throughout Scripture. Um, we don't talk about it in the church. We have gotten so wishy-washy and namby-pamby that uh, whatever you believe, is pretty much okay. We just we just want you there and believing <laughs> with us and. <laughs> and um i think god sometimes laughs at our our plans and laughs at how we're doing this well you know on on social media i see i see a lot
1: of um a lot of supposed self-proclaimed atheists making trying to make these what sound like intellectual points and oh there's there's a god who's supposedly a god of love and yet this god is going to judge you it doesn't sound very loving and oh this god a loving god wouldn't send people to hell and all, all this other stuff um but but one i would challenge that person and say are you really so arrogant as to say that you're completely innocent I mean, is is there really a person who's going to stand there and say, "Well, I'm above reproach. I'm above judgment." Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's foolishness in itself. But then Paul makes the argument later in the Scriptures that it's utter foolishness to look at creation and to say, "Well, there's no God,"
0: because
1: mm-hmm. because creation itself bears witness. Yeah, and that's and the first chapter of Romans, y- it is. Mm-hmm. And 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 I like I, I like what you said there, Doug. That that there's a degree in the church that we've we've lost the firmness of the gospel. That the, the gospel is good news. The gospel is forgiveness and reconciliation. But at the heart of forgiveness is the need for forgiveness, right? Yeah.
0: If if there's no sin, if there are no consequences of sin, there's no need for a savior. Right. And that's that's what I've said all along sorry to jump in on you <laughs>
2: it's okay I'm, I'm used to it um <laughs> yeah we don't talk about the conviction of sin and we we ignore you know, we brush through places where jesus talks about sins that can't be forgiven mm-hmm. and um Oh, I was thinking about the the whole atheism thing. That um, I'll get you some comments because I think atheism at its core is intellectually dishonest. I would disagree. I know so much. I know there is not a god. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um. And I think the second Psalm kind of does challenge mm-hmm. some of our. Or some of our world views that um, and it uses language we're unfamiliar with we don't mm-hmm. have kings so we yeah. don't know how to we're unfamiliar that or
1: uncomfortable with it you know yeah. so so many yeah. times we get uncomfortable with something the Bible says so we try to dismiss it we, we try to explain it away when the truth is that some things are uncomfortable and probably should be
0: yeah absolutely. And and
2: we're warned that um, we are to uh, bend our knee to the Lord of Lords or we will perish in his way for his wrath is quickly kindled. Mm-hmm. And um, you've got the whole New Testament that um, Paul said that eventually every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm-hmm. And that... That's the Roman version of saying "King." Mm-hmm. That uh, Jesus
0: Christ is Lord of Lord and King of kings. So, um, yeah, when when the early Christians were saying Jesus is Lord, they were saying Jesus is Caesar. They, they were saying Jesus is Caesar, a, and Caesar is not. Yeah, it was. So that that was as much a political statement as it was a theological statement. Mm-hmm. Um, which not saying that we need to be mixing our theology and politics, especially because <laughs> that's a slippery slope Well well the, 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 the order there the order there <clears throat> our
1: theology should a thousand percent guide our politics. Oh absolutely. Um it should not be the other way around. And that's you know, the, the Royal Psalms mm-hmm. they they dive into politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it remember Israel was a theocracy. Mm-hmm. It was a true theocracy, right? So, so this the, those two are inseparable there, and yet when you when you get to the New Testament, you you do have Jesus giving a little bit of, okay, you know what, some things are over there and some things are over here, mm-hmm. but you, absolutely the lordship of Christ should affect it should leave no area of your life untouched, right? And that includes your political understanding. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm interested or intrigued uh, by the use of that, that word that we really don't like talking about in this opening Psalm. And that's the word wrath mm -hmm. because my understanding is, and well, I guess I'm just kind of restating what I said earlier without the wrath of God can you fully appreciate and understand the love of God I mean, that's that's a a tough thing to to wrestle with
2: Maybe wrath or the concept of wrath helps us better understand the concept of grace mm-hmm. that uh, we are forgiven and there are some uh, some parts of this we um, have been freed from mm-hmm. and having that wrath hang over us is one of those um i've seen the wrath of god and scriptures around the wrath of god used in um, unpleasant unhelpful ways Mm
0: -hmm. Um, well it can certainly be uh beat somebody over the head with it kind of thing and that's usually not productive and and one of the
1: one of the traps we fall into very easily is to take a concept like wrath or love or jealousy or any of these others that are attributed to God Mm -hmm. and we project our understandings and our operations, Mm -hmm. our our sinful nature, Mm -hmm. we project that onto God. So we hear wrath, we think of, we think of a wild, uncontrollable, mm-hmm. unreasonable rage, yeah. and
0: that's that's not at all what it is. We, we think of the people that say, "Oh, God sent that tornado to that city because of how terrible it is." Yeah. Which, right, yeah. but but maybe, it, but not necessarily. But it, but it see <clears throat> at, at the
1: end of the day,
0: at, at, again,
1: I, I I just I keep coming back to this sometimes, and at the end of the day. Whatever God chooses to do is justified because God is God. Yeah. Chronicles of Narnia, the Pevensey kids meet the beaver family. Mm -hmm. They hear the name Aslan, who's the Christ figure. They feel something. They said, Aslan, is he safe? And the beavers chuckle and say, heavens, no, he's not safe. He's a lion, Mm -hmm. but he's good. good. God is good. But God's wrath is very real. I mean, even Jesus himself, remember, he's talking to Nicodemus in the famous John 3.16. He says, you know, God so gave his son, whoever believes, but he also says that whoever doesn't believe mm-hmm. automatically stands under condemnation. Yeah. And 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 we don't, we don't want to talk about that that much. Mm-hmm. But that is a reality that is consistent through the scriptures. Yeah. Is that God's wrath is real it's justified, it's right. And there's really nothing we can say about it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But God provides God's desire. That's the other thing. God's desire is not to bring wrath upon humanity or creation. That's the other thing. It's never God's desire to do that. Mm -hmm. God's desire, as he says in Ezekiel, is for all people to turn and to live
0: and to restore creation, where it was supposed to be in the first place. Yeah. If you're if you're keeping up with your reading at home, then you should immediately be thinking of what we read last week in the book of Jonah, where God sent the plant and then God took away the plant. Um, so that's, as you're saying that right there, that's immediately where my mind went to, was this, God chose to send the worm to kill the plant that was shading Jonah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, But as we talk about the, the whole idea of uh, sin and wrath and all that kind of stuff, it, it really brings us right into, I think, where this plan is pointing us in, in their selections of scriptures that they've given to us into Psalm 22, which is immediately familiar for many of us well the first verse anyway yeah and what i'll say to that is to first century jews that's all jesus had to say because they immediately they knew the hymn book right mm-hmm. so they immediately like if i say the first line of a real popular song that you know everybody knows you know happy birthday do right. you, you know, everybody now in their head is, you know, singing along in that song. It's not on, uh, not dissimilar, I guess I'll say, well, what it, Jesus was doing. In In case they haven't read it or they mm. don't know it. Yeah. First verse,
1: my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when
0: I groan for help? Mm-hmm. And those are some of the words that Jesus said on the cross. Mm -hmm.
1: So, so it's, it's, and that's what I was kind of getting to in the beginning uh, uh, of the variety of expressions in the Mm -hmm. Psalms. I mean, you've got Psalm two, you've Mm -hmm. got the Psalmist declaring God's rule and reign is inevitable. So, so much so that God scoffs at those who shake their fist at heaven and, and, and try to stand in defiance. Mm -hmm. But then a few Psalms later, you've got David and then later Jesus echoing David's words, Mm-hmm. crying out in lament saying, God, why have you left me? This, mm-hmm. this isn't, this isn't okay with me. Yeah. And I, I want to, I want to tell you a quick story about this Psalm and Jesus's words. I was on my way back from a seminary intensive. Um, so, so it was five days, eight hours a day of a full semester's worth of material. And it was rough. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And it was on basic Christian doctrine, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. which was nothing basic about it. We spent about two days of the five on the Trinity. Well, I'm on a plane coming back and this dude's sitting behind me. And it's one of those with like two seats on each side. He's sitting right behind me and we're in there. And he's like, hey, man, l- listen to these songs on my earbuds. And I, like, I can smell him from, from the seat above, like he's pickled, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So he keeps trying to get me to listen to his earbuds. Well, finally, he just sticks his earbuds in my ears. And I'm like, this is gross. I don't, I don't want your earbuds in my ear. But anyways, I hear the song, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. So he starts talking to me. Where are you traveling? Oh, I'm seminary, I'm you know, studying to be a pastor, etc. He says, well, you're a pastor. I was like, well, I'm studying to be. He's like, okay, well, still, can you answer this question? If Jesus is God, then why and how on the cross could he say, God, why have you abandoned me? So check it out. I just spent two days in mm-hmm. a seminary class talking about the Trinity yeah, and, and, and this very concept. And this guy happens to ask me this. I mean, you talk about a, a divine appointment. Oh, absolutely. So I, I, was, I told him from my perspective what I had learned, what I understand, Yes, Jesus was fully God, yet Jesus operated fully as one of us. Mm -hmm. So he could empathize, so he could fully be one of us. And in that moment where Jesus echoed the words of the psalmist, I believe Jesus was at his most human. I believe all through his ministry, Mm -hmm. he felt the presence of the father. And yet during that moment, he felt completely abandoned by God and, and what person hasn't felt at one point or another entirely alone. Mm-hmm. And there's Jesus repeating those words. And, and in moments when we feel our most alone, we can look to heaven and remember that Jesus felt just like we did. So some years ago now, I went through a divorce and one of the hardest parts of it was feeling entirely alone. Mm -hmm. But when I had people who knew what I went through and we could just sit in each other's presence and that was helpful, knowing that they knew, knowing that they understood my pain. Mm -hmm. And, And that's where I see Psalm 22 having such power in Jesus reciting it.
2: We use it uh, Good Friday, Monday, Thursday Mm -hmm. as one of the last words of Christ, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And we all quote it in the Aramaic. Mm -hmm. Psalm 22 is a psalm of deliverance. Do you suppose on the cross Jesus was saying the rest of it to himself?
0: Well, I, I think he's he's possibly saying the rest of it to himself. I also think that he he's surrounded by the Jewish people that were, a lot of them were potentially in town for the Passover celebration. And so you've got hordes of Jewish people who, you know, the the worship leader of the day gets up in the temple and he begins Points, with the word and, and you know, I'm going to say the first line and then the rest of them, they all just kind of fall in line and they start singing the rest of it. Cause even in, in the beginning of what this one, this one is a musical Psalm for the director of music to the tune of the dough of the morning. But I think, I think, David.
1: I think that's a really
2: interesting question. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm headed is to the last yeah. verse. Yeah the last two. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn saying that he has done it. Mm -hmm. So it it starts as lament. It starts as words of separation from God. It starts Mm -hmm. as some scholars say that Jesus is experiencing the wrath of God and experiencing God turning His back on Him, or even separation from God separation, because you know. taking on the sin of the world. But but then you look, you read the entirety of the Psalm, and it's actually these are words of hope. They're I mean they're realistic words of hope. They're they're a person and a, an extremist, but uh, a person who is still. Uh, looking up, uh, being a, a hopeful person, which takes us circles all the way back to the Psalm two, and our emotions. Mm-hmm. We don't handle those in a helpful way in most congregations. Mm-hmm. We we want people to come to church and put their smile on. You know, and it's always bothered me because I've watched some families as they pull up into the parking lot of a church. I've seen the wrestling matches before they get out of their car. And they get out of their car and everybody's got their their smiles on. And we don't deal with the stresses of being families. We don't deal with marriages that are are fractured or relationships with uh, children or parents that that aren't aren't healthy. And um, as we look at ways of building authentic community in the church... One of the things we've got to look at are our emotions mm-hmm. that um, go unexpressed. And uh, well, we've all met the Sunday school class bully, haven't we? You ever disagree with somebody in Sunday school?
0: It's happened mm-hmm. once or twice. Well, it
2: happened once or twice, yeah. <laughs> so um, in Psalm 22, Jesus is expressing what he feels in that moment of, of extreme pain, in that moment of near death, in that moment of of theological darkness, but yet it's Psalm 22. What's, says, what's interesting though, tell this story.
1: The, the, the beginning it is his expression, but then if you get down to uh, verse 18, you have one of those prophetic verses. Mm-hmm. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Yeah, which is exactly what they did at the crucifixion. So it's, it's, it's interesting the the number of layers of things that are happening. So I, I wanted to ask a theological question here. You're asking to, to Kyle, Kyle right? and Duck. <laughs> no, you're asking Kyle. I'm... So did you know Jesus? Then and being fully God yet fully human, could Jesus tap into that 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 that, that godness? In a moment like this, or did Jesus have to rely on God so much? Was Jesus acting so much as one of us that he needed the psalm to encourage himself?
0: Oh, wow, that's not the question I thought you were going to ask. <laughs> um, I think and this is just this is just my think. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I think even in his darkest and the most, like this is the culmination of, uh, well, at least the first half of what Jesus came to do. I think even in that moment, he's still trying to, for lack of a better term, pastor the people. I mean, he's, yeah. he's in deep pain himself, yes. But I think even in that moment, there's something in him that just desperately wants the people for who he's dying mm-hmm. to, to realize what he's doing. So
1: he, he said it for their benefit, not as much for his own. I in, don't,
0: in your view. I don't think the two have to be mutually exclusive. I think there's absolutely room for Jesus to have his own emotions. If Jesus doesn't have emotions, he's not fully human. Right. If Jesus yeah. doesn't express emotions. And if he doesn't have to rely on the father. right. If, if he just can do
1: everything through his godness, mm-hmm. then he's not fully human.
0: Right. I, I, I like to think that it was... A moment by moment obedience to to the Father and to the mission throughout his entire life to to moment by moment lay down the pieces of him being fully God that would I guess not invalidate his humanity. But override it? Yeah, maybe, maybe. so. I, I, that's, I don't know. Because it says Jesus was obedient even to the point of death mm-hmm. on a cross. Well, and and Paul later
1: writes that he didn't consider, you know, equality with God something mm-hmm. to be maintained, and he basically laid that aside.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I'm expecting to be told how wrong I am, by the person sitting to my right. No, I'm just listening. <laughs> he probably thinks I'm crazy. Just, j- just for the record,
1: when, when Doug gets real silent like that in the office, we all get a little nervous. Yeah,
0: because we, we know either something really profound is about to happen or I'm we're about to be thinking, told how wrong we are. No.
2: <laughs> oh. uh, it's... um the, the very question is... Oh. The Gnostics actually claim that when Jesus quotes from the 22nd Psalm that um, the Christ was leaving Jesus at that point. And, um, you know, the Gnostics can't have God dying. So I was just thinking of how this messed up and continues to mess people up in the church dealing with the humanity and the deity of Jesus, that he is, he's not half God, half God, half God, half human. He's all God, all human. And immediately our mathematics blows our minds up trying to comprehend that. Um, But I was thinking that Jesus in the flesh is bound by time. Mm-hmm. Jesus' God is not bound by time. So at the same time you have time and timelessness hanging on the cross. And at the very moment he is creating who we call Adam and Eve, he's also dying for them.
0: Okay, yeah. And
2: imagine just all that is caught up in that moment.
0: Um, I don't know that I can, and it's, it's, that, a, it's that's that's a that's a that's the concept that uh, wow I, because I I get I understand on an intellectual level God being outside of space time mm-hmm. but my brain that has only ever experienced a linear flow of existence has no frame of reference for um, what that even well, who, is. Who, where,
1: where was it? And, and, you know, as, as a pastor, I should be able to, you know, chapter verse where something is, but <laughs> he, he, he's the lamb slain Before since the, the foundation, foundation of, of, the of the world. Earth. Is it, is that John? Uh,
2: There's several places that image is, um, don't quote me now. Cause my brain isn't working on this Thursday, but, um, I think the one thing we can all affirm out of the 22nd Psalm is that sin laid upon Jesus was a heavy burden. Mm-hmm. That that which is perfect and sinless is dying for sinful humanity. And he, he, he knows he's dying for people who ultimately will reject him. Yeah, And... um like going on in the 22nd psalm and it's yeah. it's
0: we could probably talk about this one for
2: hours. Well, it's unfortunate that for so many people in the church their only touch of the 22nd psalm is that first verse. Yeah. They right. they haven't right. and, and that's why I'm, the essential Jesus is is so cool is because you're going to get to read some stuff that you haven't read before.
0: Yeah. And who would have thought you would have this much Old Testament talking about Jesus? I imagine that there's uh, quite a few listeners out there and uh, people doing the readings uh, along with us that at the beginning of this thought, oh, we're going to jump straight into, you know, birth of Jesus. Yeah. But we, we got to get there first, maybe a little bit from Isaiah, maybe. <laughs> We'll get there. The things we read at Advent, right? That's it. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get there, you know.
2: Advent can't get out of John the Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps popping up. Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if you would not invite John the Baptist to your Christmas celebration, you would mm-hmm. you would stop him at the front door.
0: Uncle Eddie ain't got nothing on John the Baptist. No, he
1: doesn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you never know where it's going to go here with us. That's right. Uh huh. <laughs> so, Doug, I see that you you have your Bible open to Psalm sixty nine.
2: I was just trying to get ahead of you guys oh, okay. so I could
0: uh huh think. Mm. Well, and I don't know. I, I think uh, maybe some of these, the rest of these psalms do we leave some questions up for, you know, let's hear your questions about the Psalms. Yeah. Because I think in this chunk that we are reading this week, the meat of it all really is Psalm 2 and Psalm 22. Uh, there, there's amazing words and everything in Psalm 118. You know, we we mm-hmm. sing... Uh, in the refuge, we sing the song forever, which is, you know, your love endures forever and everything. And that's, uh, I'm not getting mixed up here. Am I? That is Psalm 118, right?
1: You're right. Okay. Uh,
0: and so that one should be, you know, at least familiar. And we have that connection to some of these, but I don't remember if I've ever in my life just sat and read Psalm 69, you know? other than through a reading plan why would i have read it you know you know so I'm, I'm glad we've a, read them a
1: lot a lot of um a lot of bible reading plans that don't take you through you know genesis to revelation mm-hmm. um if they're more scattered than that what they'll include is a torah reading a psalm reading a gospel reading and an epistle reading, mm-hmm. and they intentionally include the psalms readings because the psalms just speak to us in a different way. Yeah, and, and there are some people that love the psalms. Um, the, the 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 poetry people are generally gonna just feel the feel the the impact of that way of expression. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an analytical thinker, so. Oh. <laughs> this, they just they just don't they just don't speak to me in the same way. Yeah. But they're but they're extremely valuable and and you're right. Uh a lot of times we omit the psalms and, and and that is to that that is to our loss.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because even while looking at the life of Christ, I mean, you see the psalms leading up to that, the expressions of emotion, the the prophecies,
0: et cetera. and it's really important. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I think we've done a pretty good job of at least setting the stage for uh, yeah. your your readings for the week, whether you've already read uh, these five Psalms or you're going to read them. Uh, it, it gives you some some food for thought at least mm-hmm. because the Psalms, many of them are deep theological statements and we do see these direct ties to Jesus quoting the Psalms in various parts of his ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, most powerfully, the one, the Psalm 22 on the cross, because that's that's a wonderfully, beautifully, powerful statement. Is that is that
1: Jesus reciting that? Is that included in all four Gospels, or is that only in Matthew? Matthew and Mark. Yeah. Uh, I didn't find it in John or Luke. And and see that's not surprising Matthew really focusing on a Jewish audience. Yes. Uh-huh. Would include that. Yeah. D- Doug what 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 are the thoughts you got about these psalms?
2: I'm just wondering what questions they're going to ask for the live Q&A. Oh that's going to be psalms. Psalms. Yeah, give us yeah. give us
1: questions. We really enjoy fielding and discussing your questions that, that that that's a good time for us mm-hmm.
0: so, i don't know that we've got i don't have anything more that i feel like i have to ask or respond or or anything uh, I, I would always take more words of wisdom from either one of my pastors here you know You've done a lot of talking today. Doug, you've sent, you know,
2: one or two things. One or two things, one or, one okay. or two
0: things you okay. know. Okay, well, it makes up for the
2: last week where uh, <laughs> okay, we're, we're trying to keep these balanced. Sure, <laughs> sure. That's why we have different presenters. So, That's right. um, Different voices. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yes, send us your questions to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com, and we will put those in our question queue for a live question and answer session. Uh, As always, if you're not already subscribed, go ahead and wherever you're listening or watching this, click the subscribe button. There's a bell on YouTube that you can click so you'll be notified whenever we release anything new on our main YouTube channel. Uh, And share this with somebody because the, the Psalms can be you know, not forgotten, but they can be- Overlooked. Overlooked. Uh, so maybe you've got a, somebody who in your life is struggling with something and, you know, point them to the Psalms, point them to this podcast if you think it would be beneficial. And we would love for your questions to show up on a Q&A. We would love for this content to reach more people because we feel like it's valuable or else we wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But at that, I'm going to say thanks for listening, and we will see y'all next time.